0: Good morning, Lavington Vineyard Church. We are live here. Welcome again to my garden. We're happy to be here. Another virtual sermon. Uh, Sorry for the brief delay. We've had some technical difficulties for just a couple minutes, but it's great to welcome you to another service. Uh, We've had some power cuts across the city, so I'm guessing that you have been experiencing them as well. So if the power cuts out of my house, we do not have a generator. So just bear with us. What I'll ask you to do is just read the passage yourself. If you're with a family or a household, read it together, spend some time talking about it. If you're at home alone, maybe call someone, do a zoom chat with them, talk about the passage together, do your own kind of Bible study uh, and sing some worship songs together and pray. Uh, But we'll hopefully the the power will stay on. It's not raining right now. It's not thunderstorming, but uh, if it does cut out, We hope that you can still spend some time with the Lord this morning. Well, in this pandemic, before this pandemic started, I found myself getting lost in some epic stories. So I had been getting into these stories from the medieval world. So a few months before the pandemic, I started reading a couple novels. I started watching a few shows. Now, the medieval world is also known as the Middle Ages, Uh, The Dark Ages. In fact, we don't call it the Dark Ages for nothing, because it was a brutal time. One writer said that life during the Middle Ages, during the Dark Ages, was nasty, brutish, and short. So it was a time of a lot of violence. It was a time of a lot of uncertainty. Kids, you may know it as a time when there's kings and queens and castles and princes and princesses. But it was a time when kings were incredibly powerful. And people feared kings. And yet they were always trying to take over that king. They were always trying to take the throne. Well, today, this morning, we are going to be looking at a different kind of king. A much different kind of kingdom. We're going to see a king who sets his face to the destination where he'll be killed. Even dying for his enemies. A kingdom of peace. An upside-down kingdom where things are hidden from the wise and understanding and revealed to little children. So we're starting this new series called Facing Jerusalem. Now, of course, we're continuing in the Gospel of Luke as a church, but we're starting this next section of Luke. In fact, verse 51 of chapter 9 clearly shows a marker where Jesus sets his face to go to Jerusalem. This is a clear marker in Luke's account of the life of Jesus, where it shows a new part of the story, a new account of Jesus' life, where he sets his face to go to Jerusalem. It's a long journey of many kilometers, and it's about 10 chapters for us over the next 10 weeks. But really, it's a new section of Luke for us as we continue to get around Jesus in what Luke calls his orderly account. Well, before we get to all that, um, I want to just mention a few couple housekeeping notes for us. Okay, so one is we want to encourage you as a church, as much as possible as your households, even if you're a single at your home alone, to spend some time in worship. So we have put on the YouTube playlist, our channel playlist, some songs that Selah and Silas have recorded. And so we've uploaded that there. Huge thank you and shout out to Selah and Silas for doing that. We appreciate all your hard work and using your talents and skills. But then also there's some YouTube links to worship songs where you can follow along if you want. You can watch, enter enter into it and sing along yourself. But do take some time before or after our live streams to spend some time worshiping the Lord. But then also I want to mention the Corona Rehema program I'm happy to announce that we have raised 909,000 shillings, almost 1 million shillings towards this initiative. So LVC, thank you so much for your generosity. We are almost to 1 million. I think we're going to get there and go beyond. So we have started a pilot program. It's up and running where we've begun addressing needs that have come up. And so... Corona Rehema is fully up and running, so any request for information, or if you want to submit an application, just sharing with us as a church what your needs are, you could email that email there, office, office at lavingtonvineyard.org. So any questions, direct them there. There's also the church phone number there, but you can also see the Mchanga link. You should have gotten that through the newsletter on our Facebook page. You can click on the link there, and there's several ways that you can give. I also want to mention that if you are approached for help, if there's a family, an individual need at this time, and you are approached for help, we want to encourage you to refer people to this Corona Rehema initiative. It's the forum that will help all of us adequately address the needs in our church family. Well, now as we turn to our text, I pray that we would be formed more as disciples, as we consider deeply Jesus's teaching and seek to put it into practice. Now I'm going to see if Michelle is with us, if her uh, phone is working at this point. Michelle, are you there? Let's see if she's able to get across the internet. Okay, I think she may have frozen up. So Debs, let's go over to you. Welcome.
1: Morning,
0: <laughs> hey, welcome. All right, Michelle is there. Okay, are you there? Oh, oh, Michelle's here. Great. Yay. All right. Well, Moe's and Deb's and the kids, the Kimathi family is there. We're going to hear a bit later from Mo's about Kubamba Radio and its mission of proclaiming the gospel to, to youth. But for now, thankfully, Michelle's um, Zoom is working. So yes. we're going to uh, ask her to share a little bit about what. What's been happening in your life? What's been happening during this pandemic? Tell us a bit about what God's been doing in your life during this time.
1: Okay. Um, First of all, I'm very thankful that uh, we are healthy. Uh, We are healthy and we are doing well. Uh, Sorry, this one joined. Uh, So It's been something that I've been asking God. Uh, to, to just Even have it in my heart to always, you know, this is a time where there's not much happening so you can get lazy in prayer. But I remember during Good Friday, there was a movie playing about the crucifixion of Christ. And I remember we were watching my daughter Morgan and when they were crucifying him, she was in tears. And she, she was running and telling me, "Mama," but I think I know God is alive and alive in our hearts. Why are they killing him? He's not dead. And so I had to sit and explain to her, you know, the series of events and his resurrection. And so when she finally saw that, she jumped up and down and said, he's not dead. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And the lesson for me there is that with the kind of faith that we have, no matter what comes before us, even especially a time like this, we should have unshakable faith, just like a child, that no matter what happens, even if it seems like it's contrary to what you know, God is there, and our faith cannot be shaken just like her, even though that's what it seemed that she was seeing, she knew deep down in her heart that no, he is alive and is alive in our hearts, so it's really helped me to look at things, no matter what the faith that I have, even if the situation seems it's contrary to my belief, I should remain stronger all the time. So that that was a good um, week during that time for such lessons from from her.
0: Thank you, Michelle. Well, be sure to give Morgan a big hug for us. And we saw her there on the screen. Hi, Morgan. So Michelle, thank you for that testimony. So now let's hear Mm -hmm. the word of the Lord.
1: All right. Uh, Today's uh, reading is from the New Testament, the book of Luke, chapter 9, 51, and chapter 10. Uh, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered the village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. When the people did not receive him, But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Uh, Chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way behold i'm sending you out as lambs in the middle of wolves carry no money bag no knapsack no sandals and greet no one on the road whatever house you enter first say peace be unto this house and if a son of peace is there your peace will rest upon him but if not it will return to you and remain in the same house eating and drinking whatever they provide for the laborer deserves his wages Do not go from outside to the house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its street and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon. They would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes, but it will be more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And for you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to hades. The one who hears me and the one who rejects you rejects me. And the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to, to tread on serpents and scorpions and all over power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my father, and no one knows who the son is except the father, or who the father is except the son, and anyone whom the son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to the disciples, he said privately, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. This is the word of God.
0: Amen. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Michelle. Appreciate that. Thank you. Great to see you. Give our greetings to Morgan. Give her a big hug for us. And thank you so much for sharing the word with us and sharing your testimony. Thank
1: you. Right.
0: Be blessed. So, church, my aim in this sermon is that we would come away with a Holy Spirit wrought commitment and determination that as his sheep we would set our face towards the king and his kingdom as we continue to work on building a culture of disciple making in our local church family what a great time to get into this section of luke as a church family what a great next step for us in god's word The one who set his face toward Jerusalem is the one who's calling us to set our faces toward him and his kingdom. It's like those sheep in that picture setting their face towards the good shepherd. And over these next 10 weeks, we're going to get a lot of Jesus' teaching. So are we ready to hear it? Remember the Father's command in last week's Easter passage. Listen to him. This is my son. Listen to him. Are we willing to carefully put his words into practice, to listen carefully, and then to do what he says with the Holy Spirit's help? For each of us, we've got to own our own discipleship. Ultimately, our behavior, our day-to-day actions will reveal how seriously we take our discipleship, displayed in how we pursue Jesus and his kingdom. But why? Why set our face toward Jesus and his kingdom? Well, the Sunday school answer, because he's Jesus, is not something that we should just dismiss. After all, the father did say, this is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. But this passage gives us two more reasons beyond the Sunday school answer. So the first one is the priority of the kingdom. And the second is the joy of the kingdom. So the priority of of the kingdom and the joy of the kingdom. Hold on. We may have a technical problem. Sorry, little technical glitch. Well, let's dig into the text. We begin to see the priority of the kingdom in three short little scenes that had to be nothing short of shocking to the disciples. There's no way of getting around it. These are radical words of Jesus, perhaps some of the most radical he said. Following him would be hard, because even he has given up comforts. Following him means putting him even before family. The key point is that he is worth following, and this is more important than anything in life. So let me just give a little caveat here, a warning that we need to be careful not to neglect or reject reject parents or customs we need to understand the point and the principle and i was reminded of a story that i think drives the point of this passage home this principle where jesus is saying he is the most important thing in one's life getting around him and his word listening to him putting the kingdom first when i was doing campus ministry many years ago now there was a young student who i'll just call sally And Sally was inducted into the most prestigious honor society in America called Phi Beta Kappa, a national honor society. And so she was going to be inducted into this honor society at a special ceremony at her university, but she was in our Christian union, our campus ministry fellowship. And Sally had loved going to a camp after the end of school When school closed and getting around scripture, digging into scripture for seven hours a day with her friends. And Sally loved it so much that she told her parents, mom and dad, I would rather go to camp and study the word with my friends than attend the ceremony. And these were Christian parents who didn't understand why she would give up this induction ceremony to go to a camp. But Beth said, mom and dad, this is a priority for me. Sally knew that she did not need Phi Beta Kappa, which she was still admitted into, but she didn't need that ceremony to have honor. Sally was a daughter of the king. She had all the honor that she needed. And so church discipleship must come first. So the question is, what are you? what am I letting get in the way of it? Is it your whole life or just part of it? Do you just take it for granted? Has discipleship or the idea of it, been fine so long as it's easy and doesn't require much. The commentator, Daryl Bach, says that salvation is not a road paved with ease, for true spirituality takes discipline. The priority of the kingdom means that it's also worth being proclaimed. Did you notice how with two of the three would-be followers, The issue at stake is the kingdom of God and the proclamation. So as Jesus would tell the 72, right as he's sending them out, the kingdom needs proclaiming. So even as they're being sent out, they're being called to pray for more laborers. This kingdom is such a high priority that more people need to hear about this amazing king. He tells these same disciples that they are blessed for having seen a glimpse of the king and the kingdom that prophets and kings of the past desired to see. The implication is that the blessing of this kingdom needs to go out to more and more people. And so church, that's why we believe in missions in LVC. We have a global missions initiative where we are partnering with a Kenyan organization to reach out to an unreached people group in Kenya. We hope to share more and even have a mission Sunday when we're back together to share more about this unreached people group and how we are partnering with this organization to help them and get the Bible translated in their own language. And there's even a woman in the from this community who came to faith in Jesus Christ and is now part of that work to translate the Bible into their own language. But we also want to impact Nairobi directly. So in addition to Seeking God's shalom to be part of what people are doing around Nairobi to see Nairobi look more and more like the kingdom of God. We're partnering with different organizations around that, but we also, in addition to addressing needs of injustice and working on behalf of the poor and the oppressed, and partnering with organizations that are doing that, we also believe in continuing to proclaim this kingdom through word and so. Kubamba Radio is an organization that we as elders have decided to partner with. And our very own DJ Mose has been, in fact, he founded Kubamba over 20, it's nearly 20 years in May when Kubamba started. So I'm going to invite him here onto the screen. I'm going to put us in gallery view there. All right. Welcome, Moes and Debs and Zara. Good morning. Good morning. Morning, Good morning Jeremy. Welcome. Well, and also, I do want to say full disclosure, Debs, as one of our elders, is married to Mose, but she was not part of any of the conversations, any of the discussions and the decision around us partnering with Kubamba. We are supporting and partnering with Kubamba on its own merits and what it's been doing to reach tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of young people across Kenya for 20 years now. So Mose, congratulations on 20 years in May. It's amazing. Thank you very
2: much. Thank you very much, Jerry. We appreciate it, man.
0: You don't look that old, man.
2: <laughs> I'm only twenty-five, so I've been doing this since yeah, <laughs>
0: <Amen. laughs> well, I was five years old. Amen. hey, hi Alba. Kids, welcome. Uh, it's great to see you. Hope you guys are keeping well. You got? are you guys hanging in there during this this pandemic?
1: We are coping.
2: It's obviously great to have our touch points with our LBC community each week. Yeah. So yeah,
1: a privilege to be part of that for sure.
0: Man, great. It was great to see you guys. And I'm sure I know a lot of the kids who if they happen to be watching the live stream. Are excited to see their friends uh, who they miss from church so kids good to see you as well well Mo's, last week during the easter sermon i talked about jesus coming literally coming down off of this mountain into a fallen and broken world mm-hmm. and so in the work you're doing to reach young people what kinds of fallenness and brokenness are you seeing what what's what's happening in these high schools that you're trying to get into and share the gospel
2: yeah, first, I want to say thank you for, you know, thank you to the church for partnering with us and supporting us and, um, you know, prayers as well. It's been fantastic. And, uh, you know, for us as Kubamba, we absolutely love young people. And um, I think whenever I've gotten an opportunity to share, always try to share some statistics about why we love pouring our lives into young people because they form the bulk of, them, of the population that we have in our continent. And um, so over the last, you know, 20 years, has have been uh, engaging with young people. First, let me say that um, many of them have been very positive in terms of engaging with the gospel. I don't think there's any high school or college that we've ever gone to do uh, an outreach to and we've not seen young people giving their lives to Christ. So there is some positive yeah. response. But then, um, you know, coupled with that as well, we do have, you know, many young people who come forward and they share with us some very sad stories. Um, many of which uh, we do try to share with the schools. uh, And, you know, at some point I'm like, you know, I think something needs to be done to be able to change some of the situations we've come across. Uh, I do know that we have many kids who are probably dealing with, um, you know, coming from broken homes or uh, where you find kids, you know, they don't want to go back home during the holidays because they feel if they go back home, their parents are going to abuse them or, uh, you know, being sexually molested by a loved one, which is very sad. Uh, We do have young people who are, you know, who are battling with, um, you know, their parents are, you know, are fighting at home. And so they wonder, you know, when I go back home, I'm going to go back to a place where it's chaotic. My parents are fighting. Uh, Broken relationships between parents and their siblings. You know, sometimes kids feel that their parents are not there for them. Uh, They do work hard to provide for the kids, but then the kids are yearning or longing for that relationship, you know, between the parents and the kids. Um, There is a lot of mental health issues. Uh, We have gone to schools and not once or twice. We've got so many schools where young people have come forward and they've told us, if you guys didn't come to a school today, I was going to commit suicide. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of crazy what's happening with kids battling depression and things like that. So, uh, I mean, there is a lot that probably needs to be done for this space. Uh, in this space of young people, they they do feel they, there's a lot of pressure on their backs as well when it comes to academics. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the way our system has been set up is if you don't excel in academics, then basically you're labeled as a failure. So, um, you know, there is a lot of pressure on these young people. So, uh, but at the same time, we are trying to keep hope alive and, um, you know, just, you know, continue to encourage them towards love and towards good deeds and how they can be able to rally around uh, each other. And again, just as as Hebrews says, you know, um, how do we encourage one another towards love and good deeds, especially uh, as we continue drawing closer to the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ,
0: yeah. Yeah, so tell us more about that. Like for two decades now, how, how exactly is Kubamba, in light of all those needs, how has Kubamba yeah. been reaching out to these young people? So, um, so on average, um, you know, God
2: has helped us, especially over the last eight years or so. We've been, you know, we've been engaging with about two hundred thousand students one on one, you know, uh, every year, which is which is something that I never thought we'd be able to do whenever we started. So, um, so uh, being in that space, you know, face to face interactions with the young people has been very encouraging. Uh, But then also beyond that, you know, we try to organize concerts for them when they are at home in the holidays, during the holidays, we do neighborhood gigs for them. Um, But then uh, on top of that, we do know that young people gravitate a lot towards social media and also they love entertainment. So uh, we do have uh, what we've set up right now is we have our radio station set up on the app. So, you know, uh, wherever they are, they can be able to listen to our radio station, uh, Kubamba Radio. So let me also take this opportunity to market the app to the congregation. (laughs) Go for it. Download it. Yeah. <laughs> Go to your Play Store or to your, uh, to your Apple Store and uh, download the Clubama Radio app. It's not heavy. It's about 2 MVs. Uh, But basically, you know, we, we are trying to provide content for them on social media, uh, you know, just to make sure that um, we are positively engaging them with the gospel of Jesus. And something, you know, something that I do celebrate what we've been able to accomplish, especially over the last seven days, was, you know, doing live broadcasts now. Like now I'm doing live broadcasts from home on television. And uh, on Friday, we went live on KTN from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. And, um, you know, when I shared the telephone number asking guys to call us, the phone did not stop ringing. Till yesterday night was still ringing, you know. So um, there has been a lot of positive response, especially uh, for young people at this time when they're wondering, OK, now our education has been interrupted. You know, is, uh, you know what happens for those of us who are candidates? You know, we're supposed to sit for our final examinations at the end of the year. Or for those who are planning to graduate from uh, from college, uh, so we got you know the, the the chief administrative secretary for education to come and join us and just clarify some of this. So we have tried to positively engage young people then to rally around where they are, whether they are at home or at school or even on the online platforms uh, with the gospel. Yeah, but allow me also to highlight something that we did. Uh, uh, you know, in the month in the month of March, Makini contacted us and they, uh, they called us for a meeting, and McKinney school is where we meet. And, um, you know, my team met together with the principal and the deputy principal and the, uh, the, the teacher in charge of guidance and counseling. And basically what they were asking is how can we help them be able to, uh, you know, to offer chaplaincy to the students. And uh, we were glad to go with Pastor Joshua, who's our youth pastor at the church. And uh, we had some very fruitful conversations. And, you know, suddenly uh, the week that we were supposed to start this chaplaincy is when the government closed all the schools. You know, so, but God has opened a door for us to be able to be able to work together with uh, the students of McKinney School. So my challenge to the congregation would be that when that door opens up and we get back to the, uh, the schools are opened up again, you know, if we can get as many parents or many people to come along with us and, you know, just take one day a week to come and just pour into the lives of these young people, that would be fantastic because they have questions. Uh, Sadly, we don't have a big population. And I'm glad that part of the scriptures that we're talking about today is where Jesus Christ was saying that the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. And you and I are the laborers, not Pastor Jeremy and I, but basically all of us are the, you know, we are the laborers that God has called us to go into the harvest. And honestly, friends, the, the harvest is plentiful. We just need to go out and start harvesting and bringing them into God's kingdom. Yeah.
0: Now I'll echo that. LBC, let's be praying for this partnership with McKinney so that McKinney is not just a school that we rent from, but the school that we're actually trying to bless in ministry. So it doesn't just have to be our teens uh, or even young adults, but even middle-aged, those of us who are middle-aged can reach out and join with what Kubamba, what Pastor Josh was doing to, to connect with McKinney and be a blessing. So can I just pray for you real quick, Moe's? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So church, like we like to do when we're live together, face to face, Stretch out a hand. So in your living room, in your kitchen, wherever you are, just stretch out a hand towards the screen, towards Mo's, and let's pray for Kubamba and its mission. Heavenly Father, thank you for the two decades the Kubamba Radio has been seeking to reach the young people of Kenya. God, thank you for this vision. God, thank you. You know each and every young person in this nation. You know the number of hairs on their head. Lord, you love them more than DJ Moe's or any of his team, more than Kubamba Radio ever could. You desire for them to flourish. And they flourish best in a relationship with you. Father, you sent your son who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to you except through Christ. And so, Lord, as the gospel is proclaimed in these schools where there's so much need, there's so much heartache, there's so much pain and brokenness. Lord, would you open hearts to receive that word. Lord, may the gospel be proclaimed clearly, boldly, unashamedly, with grace and compassion and truth. Lord, would you anoint Moses and his entire team for this mission. Pour out your spirit upon them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank, Amen. You. Thank you guys. Kimothy family, it's great to see you. We wish you a blessing as you continue to quarantine. So stay stay safe. Wash those hands, kids, right? Wash those hands well. All right. Be blessed. Thank you, you very
2: you. much.
1: Nice to see right. you guys. Nice
0: see you. Take, care. Take care. All right. Bye bye. So, LVC, the priority of the kingdom. Is all seen in how it's worth proclaiming, even though the task would be really hard. We see in Jesus' instructions to them that it was not going to be easy. Rejection would be inevitable. One Samaritan village had already rejected Jesus, and the disciples too would face rejection. So sisters and brothers, rejection will come as we proclaim the kingdom. Let's not fear Rejection just because some Christians have given Christ a bad name. We may be the most inclusive, gracious, and winsome proclaimers of the kingdom and still face rejection. Why? Because many people don't want to be ruled. No matter how, no matter how amazing the king is, no matter how amazing the kingdom is, too many people want to be their own king. And so, even in spite of opposition and rejection, Why do we set our face towards Jesus and his kingdom? Well, number one, because of the priority of the kingdom. The king is more important than anything. And so we prioritize his kingdom. But the next reason is so connected. What makes the kingdom so worth prioritizing is the joy of that kingdom. Well, as we consider the joy of the kingdom, it's important to say what the kingdom is not. The kingdom is not about judgment at this time. Look there at verses 52 to 55. Fresh on the journey to Jerusalem, the disciples assume that the kingdom is about condemning the hated Samaritans. Jesus doesn't just say no, he rebukes them for their folly. The kingdom is also not about power, at least in the way they imagine it. When the 72 returned from their mission, their biggest joy was that demons were subject subject to them. But we see here that the kingdom is not mainly about them having spiritual authority over demons, but about people's names being written in heaven. So LVC, the biggest need, the biggest joy that a person can have is for their name to be written in heaven, not to overcome whatever real or metaphorical demons there are in this life. The joy of the kingdom comes from what this kingdom actually is. Indeed, it is that heavenly kingdom where people's names are written in heaven. But all of that was made possible because of our amazing king. Just consider what we see about him in this passage. Instead of bringing the fire of judgment on a village, this king's mission is to see the kingdom proclaimed to every village. This king doesn't stand aloof, but goes lower than even animals and forsakes permanent shelter for the sake of the mission. This king shares his authority by proclaiming to sinful followers, by commissioning sinful followers to proclaim his kingdom. This king then sends them out in full dependence upon him. He will provide for them. This king multiplies his healing power so that even more people can be healed. This king identifies with the rejection of his people. This king knows all the names of his followers. This king lifts up little children and turns the tables on the wise and the learned. This king reveals who God is and what his kingdom is really like. And this king is full of joy himself. So, oh church, why why would we not follow him? Why wouldn't we follow this amazing shepherd king with more commitment, more faithfulness, more obedience, and more love. I love how verse 21 reveals Jesus's emotion of joy and his priorities. This is the kind of radical upside-down kingdom where the wise and understanding don't see it. They don't get it. And instead, it's revealed to little children. And a few verses later, these lowly disciples are pegged as some of those little children, for they have been blessed to see things that powerful people long to see. It's not about the richest, most educated, the most intelligent, who get the inside track on this kingdom. No, by sheer grace alone, the Father and the Son get to decide who gets the revelation of this kingdom. And as we've seen already in Luke, part of the shocking nature of this kingdom is who responds. So LVC, let's set our faces and our collective face as a church toward our king and his kingdom. I confess that preaching this text feels strange because it's easy to question how radical our discipleship could be right now. In fact, while preparing this sermon, I wrestled with the reality of the situation that we're in. I I put a placeholder in this sermon conclusion as I was writing my notes. I put a placeholder to try and find some powerful missionary story or someone else who displayed radical commitment to Jesus and the kingdom. But I was reminded of this article I read a few years back that really impacted me. And I've put it in the show notes there on YouTube that you can use to click on and access and read. It's an article about courage in the ordinary things of life the author talks about how as she went out as a young person to try and be a part of what God's doing in the world on behalf of the poor and the oppressed. She got caught up and excited about this radical notion of the kingdom. And she was out doing these amazing things all over the world. But then a few years later, as she was back home and she was married and had a few kids, she started to wonder what was wrong with her. Like why, She felt guilty that she wasn't out there doing all these amazing things around the world. What she realized was that she actually found it harder to be a radical disciple in the ordinary things of life. Where frankly, from the day-to-day challenges of life to love those who are closest to her was where Jesus really confronted her with her need to choose this radical kingdom. So how can you welcome the presence of the king In what is an extraordinary time but when perhaps many of us find ourselves doing a lot of ordinary things for those at home with family members how can you ask jesus to help you radically love those around us or how to radically love those across the internet across zoom calls across the phone or giving to those most vulnerable at this time so radical love during this time maybe mostly about seeking peace and doing small acts of love to help decrease one another's anxiety. Perhaps right now, over a month into this quarantine, this isolation, that you're struggling with patience. You're struggling with anxiety. What can you do with those closest to you to be a blessing? If you're single and perhaps home alone, you may be sick and tired of Zoom calls. So perhaps... Being radical for you right now is to do just one more Zoom call this week and reach out to someone. A challenge to evangelism, a call to follow him is to join him in proclaiming the kingdom. So let's pray, church, and ask God for wisdom and boldness on how to proclaim his kingdom, on how to share the gospel this season, even virtually. So, LVC, how will we respond? to Jesus? Will we welcome him in all his radical ways? Church, let's get around Jesus more than ever. Let's set our face toward him and his kingdom. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for the amazing king that he is. Lord Jesus, we praise you that you are that humble king who set your face toward Jerusalem, where you knew that you would be rejected, killed. You took the weight of our sin on your shoulders. We thank you that you sent these disciples out on mission. And after the Holy Spirit came upon them, they began to go out into all the world. And 2,000 years later, we are recipients of that gospel. You have changed our lives. But I pray for those who are particularly struggling right now to follow you radically in the ordinariness of life, even though we are in this extraordinary time as a planet. Or would you help us in the mundane as we find ourselves in the house the vast majority of the time? Or we need you. Help us to listen to you carefully to put your words into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, LVC, be blessed. You have a great week. Lord willing, Pastor Joshua will be live next Sunday at 11 a.m. So we long for the day when we can be back together. But for now, let's keep praying for each other. Amen. Be blessed.